0: Welcome to Rise Up For You, a podcast focused on helping women get to the next step in life professionally and personally. Through our six pillars, relationships, investing, self-worth, career, love, and health, we focus on the whole woman. With interviews from global experts, teachers, authors, and more, we provide you with real strategy and tips that you can start implementing today in your career, relationships, and so much more. We are all about educating and empowering you to become your best self. And now your host, Natalina. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today here on the Rise Up For You podcast. Such an honor to be here with you guys and have you guys listening. Thank you again. Today, we're going to be speaking with Heaven Havenwood. This is definitely an episode you do not want to miss because she's going to talk with us about how to sell. And this is something that also um, often feels counterintuitive for us as women, but she's really going to dive into how we can stand in our value and learn how to sell ourselves so that we can get to where we need to get as entrepreneurs and leading business women. Again, this is an episode you do not want to miss. Before we jump into our episode, though, I do want to catch you guys up and make sure that you're taking full advantage of everything that Rise Up For You has to offer. Make sure you head over to our website, riseupforyou.com. If you haven't already, sign up for our newsletter so that you can receive your free ebook in the email. This is this is something you don't want to miss because we're really all about promoting the whole woman. And this ebook dives into the six pillars to a prosperous life, and it has practices for you so that you can really assess and examine where you are in your tribe, your community, where you are with money, where you are in self-worth, where you are in your career, your romantic love and health. And, fitness. and we need to do this about every three to six months. So definitely head over to the website, riseupfood.com, get that free ebook and start working on becoming the whole woman because that's what we're all about. And becoming your best self cannot happen with only focusing on one area of your life. So we really encourage you guys to do that. Of course, we have a ton more to offer you guys, podcast webinars. We have a whole section on unstoppable confidence and how to help you build your self-worth in your career and your personal life, and a ton more to offer. So head over again to riseitforyou.com and we hope that you spread the message because we're really trying to change the world one woman at a time. What better way to start than here with this podcast, Rise Up For You, and enjoy this episode with Heather Havenwood. Heather, thank you so much for joining us here on the Rise of Feed podcast. It's such an honor to have you on the show. We always like to start off the show by letting the audience get to know our guests. So can you tell us about yourself and what it is that you do?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate this honor, truly an honor to be here. So my name is Heather Havenwood, and um, I am a serial entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur since 2001 on accident it happens a lot that way. I believe that entrepreneurship is found by the person. It's a journey. It's not necessarily a destination. Um, I have a serial entrepreneur. My first million went online was in 2005. My next million online, zero to 1.5 million sales in 2015 with my business partner at the time and fiance in a supplement company. And I have Built, uh, created, as well as destroyed and failed many times in between. Um, right now, I'm really focused on helping more women succeed in business and sales, specifically in marketing and sales, um, mailing, coaching, and consulting. But I have a book out called Sexy Boss. And that book really was my personal story, like kind of coming out and sharing my personal story of how I overcame going from zero to a million dollars in sales and then literally broke within uh, three months and losing everything and how I had to overcome that. So that's my personal story of, about sexy boss and kind of the empowerment. I think that all women are is those two elements. The sexy is the feminine energy, right? It's very powerful. And then the boss is just owning all areas of your life. You were talking about the pillars of your life. I believe that, that when you own all areas of your life as a woman, you're way more powerful.
0: So I, we always like to, you know, touch a little bit on the personal story and obviously we encourage all of our women to, to grab your book and read it, but can you just tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today in regards to your profession? Was this something that, you know, you've always manifested? Um, I'm going to assume, as you mentioned, that there was a personal journey that kind of got you to where you are. Can you just tell us a little bit about your journey? um, So we kind of understand where and how you got to where you are.
1: Think, thanks for that. No, I was, um, as my mom would call, born and bred to just create babies and get married. I was born I was, <laughs> and not just right. Um, at one point in my life, my mom called me when she found out through the grapevine of the family that I was going to be an entrepreneur. She called me and told me that she found a job for me at eight dollars an hour in Hope, Arkansas, and it, at a manufacturing plant because it had insurance. I mean, so you know, she's a super sweet mom, and she's no longer with us. But I was really born in a very southern view, you know, um where you're just, you know, you just take care of the of the man and like that's all you do, right? So um it's it was interesting when I started becoming an entrepreneur because it wasn't something that I thought I was gonna do. I worked for a big company called SBC Global, you know Fortune 500 at the time. I did very, very well well at sales at a very young age, 25 years old. Um, I was the only female in the office in sales um, my average coworker was male 40 40 plus and i was 25 and single and didn't fit the mold and my fourth year there actually was number 1 in sales out of the entire country including include everyone in the office and so that's one of the reasons my my book tagline is called beating the big boys it was my first experience of beating the boys you know and i thought wow this is cool and then once i got my what I call my tap on the head, if you would call it. I was hoping to get like a really nice pink Cadillac, but
0: mm.
1: I got a tap on the head and then I got fired. And it was my first experience of, oh, I'm a woman. I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to do that. And so it was an interesting um, process that from there, I moved into entrepreneurship kind of on accident, but I am now in a place in my life that I'm 100% unemployable.
0: Hmm. So, excuse me. Um, you said that your mom, I I just want to go back just a little bit. You said that you you were raised a certain way, um, in regards to, you know, expectations as a woman, I I guess. And and I guess my question (laughs) is, is how did you break that cycle? What was in, what did you have in you that made you say, no, I'm not doing that. This is where I'm going.
1: You know, that's a great question. I would love to put my little finger on that. Um, I think that I remember I was at Baylor University my first semester there. I didn't did end up graduating from Baylor. It was the first time in my life I had heard of an MRS degree. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was. Um, I'd always have an onset that I was going to take care of myself and I was going to be self-sufficient. I didn't know how. I didn't have any woman in my life that was like really doing that. Uh, none of my friends were doing that. All my friends were preparing to just get married. So I just like, I kind of felt like I was constantly um, pushing the boundaries. I still am. I just, you know, got back from an event. I'm pretty much one of the fewest women there. So I, it's, I think it's innate. I don't know if anyone placed it in there. I think it's just who I am. I'm always kind of pushing the boundaries. But honestly, what happened is here I am, you know, and I'm working for this big company and I'm doing very well literally number one in the country of 10,000 reps. I mean, I was 25 living in Fort Worth, Texas, which was considered like a, a small market. I beat people in Dallas, which is considered the big market, Houston, LA, New York, Chicago. And here I'm 25, I'm beating everybody and the whole company in sales. I wasn't supposed to do that. And so in my head, I was taught, you work for a big company, you make them a lot of money, they give you a little bit of that, and we're all happy. And then when that mold or that fantasy got broken, I had this kind of, well, what do I do now? I don't want someone to take that away from me again because they just basically took away my book of business. And that was the beginning of my journey because all my friends were saying, well, just go get another sales job. I'm like, no, no, I don't want that. You ever been in that experience where you're like, you know, you don't want that guy you're not sure what you want just not that guy it's kind of like that like Mm -hmm. I just didn't know I didn't I didn't know what the hell I wanted I just didn't want that again right and so that's what happened is I found myself in a place where I started working for a seminar company in Orlando Florida and traveling the country talking to people about why they should buy and sell houses and why they should start entrepreneurship or why they should um, sort of business. And I started reading Think and Grow Rich and surrounding myself with entrepreneurs. And that was the beginning of the end, as they call it. That was in 2001.
0: So I love that. And I'd love to, we talked a little bit about this off air. Um, and obviously, you have a lot of experience and you've done very well for yourself in regards to um, entrepreneurship and sales. And when we were talking earlier, we talked about this um, the struggle that so many women have in sales, whether it's in a company on their own or whether they're an entrepreneur or they have to sell their product or, you know, gain clientele, like it's really difficult sometimes for women to sell or to make an ask. Um, so I would love to dive into, you know, I guess some strategies or tips that you've utilized as a, as a female, um, to help our, our women audience really grab a hold of that so they can continue to feel that they're making an impact and, and you know, build their audience and, and you know, be successful in what they're doing?
1: So that's a great question. So let's step back into the process of selling. So when I first got into sales at 25, like I said, I was uh, very young. The guy who hired me didn't want to hire me. He wanted to hire me as customer service because I was cute, blonde, woman and I was 25 and I didn't have a degree. So in his view, your customer service, or I was customer service. And when I finally just said, no, I want, you know, business to business, he actually had bets against me, uh, in the office. And the point of what I'm saying is no one taught me. They literally said, here's your desk. Here's your quota. Here's the yellow pages. Have fun. I didn't know what I was doing. Like I had no experience in sales. And so that was the first experience of cold calling, uh, walking into people's offices, walking past the door and said, no solicitation. I would just walk in. Hello. <laughs> I'm going to ignore that sign. You know, I'm really having to kind of break through those barriers, but it's very, it's easier to sell someone else's product when they're the ones telling you. This is the product. Mm. This is the price. This is our features. This is package one, two, three. You really can't change it, right? That's where I first learned in sales. I didn't have to think about packaging, pricing, tiers, what you got. I just sold what it is, right? I didn't have any kind of a connection to that. The next phase of my selling career was when I started traveling the country and going to seminar to seminar. I literally would do six event seminars a week. I lived out of my suitcase 50 weeks of the year. And I would walk into a room, right? Of a hundred people or so with our team. And within 90 minutes, I had to move them from strangers to know, like, and trust and pull $3,000 cash out of their pocket. And it wasn't the business's money. It was their cash. So that's another level, right? Where I had to go into consumer and look at their eyes and see them squirm and like this whole kind of interaction that was very different and they were spending their own money, not the company's money, right? So there's that. Then I learned, oh, standing in front of a stage and selling someone else's information product, that is a very critical piece because at the end of the day, information marketing products are only as, the the price is only as good as we say they are. Right, we make it up. Really, we make it up that's worth ten thousand. We make it up that's worth fifty thousand. We back it up, but we really make it up. So there's that piece about saying, yes, this product over here is worth three thousand dollars and ten hours of your time, or whatever it is. Then the next level of that is now it's me. I'm sitting on stage, selling me and my value. And my information marketing product that I'm making up the price and I had to back that up. It's a very different feeling to sell you when you know you're the one creating the pricing, you're the one creating the product, you're the one creating it. I mean, I look at art all the time. Why do people say that piece of art is worth, you know, $5,000 or that piece of art is worth a million? Why do people say that? They make it up. I mean, at the end of the day, we make it up. So part of the process is being able to stand in your value, and that's very challenging for women. right? It just is. And part of that is conditioning, and part of that is understanding that we do have a value yes, we all know that but being able to stand up and say, "I'm worth 20,000, 50,000, 100,000," it just feels very counterintuitive for me, because we're not taught at a very young age to walk around what I call the boastful view of like, I'm amazing, right? I can tell everyone how amazing you are, but me moving that to, let me just tell you how amazing I am. It feels weird. It feels awkward. It doesn't feel normal, but men do it all the time, right? So it's part of that process of learning to sell yourself is truly the hardest thing to do more for women than men. Right. Even realtors, I, I can still sell you the house. I mean, I'm not, the market says the house is worth 400. Again, I'm not making that price up. Now I might be able to negotiate more or less or boast it up. But at the end of the day, when I'm selling my time as a coach, a consultant, very different and it's more challenging.
0: So what are something I completely agree with that? And, and I think that that's um, one of the reasons why women struggle with that is because there is a confidence gap between men and women. So naturally, like you said, we play, we play low, our skill, we play our technique low. We, we don't value ourselves as much as as we should, frankly, to be honest. Um, But I'd love to know like, what are, you know, one or two tips that you have to help surpass that mentality and to start being able to see your value? It's a great question. So the way
1: I describe it to my clients is this, is that the first thing you have to recognize is that your work? Let's say we're talking about a coach here for a second, coach or consultant or information marketer for now, right? Your work is your art. That all entrepreneurs, especially coaches and consultants, are artists. So it's challenging to sell our own art. If you've ever actually talked to an artist, like a pottery or actual, you know, pay on the wall, you actually talk to most artists, they do not want to sell their own stuff, right? Mm. They just want to create art. Mm. So the best way to first do that is to look at this is my art, and that's why I'm having a challenge. It's being aware of the first piece. The second piece of that or the next step is I started going into the process of allowing, as a coach, when I, they work with me, I first give them permission. I'm the one giving them permission to say, I fully give you permission to sell your coaching at $5,000 a month. And they might get all weird about it, but if the first step is like get, allowing someone outside yourself to give you, give you permission, because that's the social construct we're actually taught. We're taught, since kindergarten, to raise your hand, ask permission to go to the bathroom. We're taught that at a very young age. The second, third step, once they get that confidence, like I give myself permission to charge 5000 10000 whatever that price is, and then to ask for it, you have to go in those steps, so they just can't jump. If we just stand in front of a stage and go, you're valuable, you're valuable, you're valuable, you should, should, should try this price. Right. It's not going to move the needle, right. right? You have to move where the consciousness already has been programmed at a very young age.
0: Mm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It does. And it's interesting because what, what I notice is either the price point is too low, like completely undervalued um, or it's incredibly high. And I'm not sure if it is of that value. Does that make sense? How do we find Mm -hmm. that middle ground? I'd love to say
1: there's some little like strategy. Um, the reason why the ones are high and the ones are low, it still goes based on the fact of being able to back it up. So I just was at an event, right? And they're doing a mastermind for like a hundred thousand dollars. And then do another one for $30,000. And I remember the speaker, and this is all men, by the way, one of the few women in the room, um, the speaker at the front of the room goes, don't look at ROI. Don't think of ROI. You're in this mastermind for access. Now, <laughs> most women are like, what? Why, why don't I just access? You know what? <laughs> it's not speaking to the woman at all, by the way, but I was just laughing like, okay, Obviously, they're speaking to men, not men, women, because men were more about, like, yeah, man, I got to have the bro access. It was all about the bro, like the access. Right. Yeah. But, <laughs> right? And the women are like, I'm bored. Like, I've had my eggs. I'm out, right? So they weren't talking to what's important to the women. If they were saying this $25,000, $30,000 mastermind was for support and access to helping each other and resources and really making sure that no sisters left behind, and making sure that we all are improving ourselves at another level, I run to the back of the room, right? Mm-hmm. So it's based on how you position it and making sure that you're backing that up. So it's and specifically with information marketing pricing, that's what we're talking about here. When the market is not telling you the pricing, software is different, real estate's different. You know, there's other things that the market kind of tells you, right? But specifically in coaching and consulting, when at the end of the day, you're kind of making it up based on value and what you perceive that is and what people perceive that is, you have to make sure you're backing that up. It's just challenging for women because for us, we're usually selling something that's really natural for us. So we don't see the value because it's so freaking natural that we want to give it away.
0: Mm. That makes complete sense. Absolutely. Heather, thank you so much for your time. I'd love to jump into the power sections, kind of some rapid, rapid questions. Um, I'd love to know what's one book that you've read that's had a massive impact on your life that you would recommend to us.
1: Absolutely. A book by Florence Scoble Shin, the
0: game of life and how to play it. And what's one value that you've constantly stuck by throughout your journey? That's a non-negotiable
1: Non-negotiable is a question I ask myself. Does this feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? Everything that I do in my life, including relationships and health and wellness and business,
0: feeds clarity. I love that. That's a great answer. Um, We always like to ask if you can leave the world with one final message. We call it the golden nugget. What would your golden nugget be? Uh,
1: Learn to sell. (laughs) <laughs> it's the number one underutilized, you know, success its just like the thing you got to learn is sell, 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 sell.
0: <laughs> and lastly, as you know, the companies rise up for you. When you hear that phrase, yes. what comes to mind when you, when you hear that?
1: What I hear with that is just sisters really making sure that when one rises up beyond the sea, then that gives people and other women permission to move forward.
0: Oh, that's a great answer, Heather. <laughs> and lastly, how do we support you? We, I'm sure there's, a, there's quite a few women that would love to connect with you and learn about the impact that you're making. So how do we get in touch and how do we make sure we can support you in everything you're doing?
1: Well, I'm honored to be here. So thank you for that. You've already supported me in giving me an opportunity for my voice to be heard, right? So that's really important. And so thank you for that. I'm really honored. Um, if you want to find me, find me at heatherhavenwood.com. If um, I sparked your fancy, as I call it, in Texas, i uh, would love to have a conversation with you about working with me. It'd be great. You can go to callwithheather.com. It's callwithheather.com. And I'm super open and get on the phone with me and have a conversation see how I can support you and your goals.
0: Wonderful. Heather, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it and pass it on to your friends and family. You know, the podcast is just one way that we reach our community members. If you go to our website, www.riseupforyou.com, you will see articles written from contributors from around the world, webinars, live events for you to attend. But you know, we also have a huge online resource center full of information that you can access absolutely free. And you know, one of my favorite sections is the Unstoppable Confidence Toolbox that's full of practices and ways to help you build confidence so that you can overcome any doubt that's consistently getting in your way. It's actually pretty cool. I mean, there's PDFs, there's articles, there's exercises, there's so much for you to take hold of and really help you get to the next step. The cool thing is, is we have programs, trainings, and live coaching calls that are happening all year long, special for our members. So if you're looking for more and you really want to connect with like-minded women like yourself, then you definitely want to check out our membership and all of the benefits that we have to offer here at Rise Up For You. And lastly, if you haven't already, we would really love to hear from you and know how we're doing. Head over to iTunes. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and let us know how we're doing. Rate us, review us so that we can be better and rise up with you. It's always an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. Rise up for you. Be better today than yesterday and prepare for a greater tomorrow.